What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another SmackDown Roundup. Happy to be here with you on another Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. I don't know what you're doing on Saturday night. Happy to be back in your ear holes, though, talking about the A-show of WWE, the blue brand, SmackDown. We're talking about this week's episode, but before we break it down segment by segment, as usual, I want to give a little bit of love to someone who was kind enough to leave a review on Apple Podcasts for the show. This week, it's Hippo Dude 24 They gave us five stars and wrote, Thank you, Ryan. For anyone out there looking for a WWE podcast, this is one of the best. Ryan does great interviews. He lets the guests talk without interrupting them. Well, I try my best. (laughs) While keeping the show smooth and entertaining. Satin's weekly roundups are really helpful for people like me who are sometimes busy on Fridays or don't have the USA to watch Monday Night Raw. Gives you a solid recap and really helps you visualize what happened He also shares good and reasonable theories along with things you might have missed, even if you did watch. He also does great predictions, theories, and thoughts on his pre-pay-per-view episodes and also recaps very well on his pay-per-view recaps. Ryan, you really choose great guests and have solid questions and interview them very well. Thanks for a great podcast, Ryan. I just got into WWE a couple months back, but this show makes me feel like I've been watching forever yes this was a younger listener but i appreciate listeners of any age at any level of fandom Uh, you know i have people in the company who work on my show that don't watch wrestling and it's one of well didn't watch wrestling until they started working on the wwe side of things and it's always really nice when they give me a similar note of like i really learned a lot about this person that i didn't know and i appreciate you for for doing that uh for 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 introducing me to someone who i might not have known this much about and then they become bigger fans of them and that's truly what i want with the podcast i want someone to listen and be like you know what I want to root for that person more. They seem like a really kind person, or they seem really cool, or whatever. Whatever the reason is. They seem like a total dick. I don't know. Anyways, let's get to SmackDown, which started off with uh, with violence. We got Imperium versus the Brawling Brutes, and I really liked how they built up to Sheamus and Gunther facing off again after their epic match at Clash at the Castle. The, the crowd was just dying to see these two wrestle again, even chanting, we want Sheamus when, when Gunther, uh, Gunther was in the ring. Um, I think that because they had such uh, an awesome match against each other, this has now be, kind of become uh, the, the, this like uh, King Kong Godzilla uh, vibe between them, where I think that people really just want to see these two behemoths clash. I think we saw what they did at Clash at the Castle. We saw how intense that match was, and we want more of it. <laughs> we, we're wrestling fans. We're bloodthirsty. We want to see pain. We want to see violence. And that's what Sheamus and Gunther bring to the table. At one point, uh, Sheamus was all hyped up, and he pounded the hell out of Ludwig's chest like 20 times, then hit the white noise uh, on Kaiser on top of Giovanni Vinci. Um I just, I really like this, I, this match. I mean, I, it's kind of hard to not like this match. There's, there's six guys in there who are just violent dudes, very physical, 
competitors, and they were all bringing it. Uh, finally, the crowd got Sheamus and Gunther coming to blows, and a brawl broke out between both teams, which eventually allowed Imperium to hit the Imperium bomb on uh, Ridge to pick up the win. Also worth noting, uh, Imperium has seems to have a remix of their of the uh, the Gunther theme when they're out because it does have the old classic uh, the old classic symphony. What is it? Symphony in um, Symphony Number no. Nine in E Minor. Uh, it had that at the beginning, and then it cut into the new Imperium theme. Uh, maybe that's what they'll just do for Imperium as a group to kind of differentiate each person's theme and only Gunther has the other one but really honestly just just give us just give us the old theme back there's I, unless like unless Gunther is like man this new theme rips we need to keep it or so, someone says someone involved like Triple H or Gunther or someone really wants this new theme otherwise it's in the public domain, the the symphony number no. nine in E minor. It's in the public domain. Just 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 change it back. No one's gonna remember the difference. Everyone's gonna think that it was just a smart decision, and we'll never remember that other song. And we'll love getting that symphony, getting that symphony when when uh when Imperium comes out. We I, we don't get to listen to classic music very often. Classical music. <laughs> Um, I'm not often listening to an or- orchestra, so um, I like it. I saw one person tweeted me saying that they thought that it was a was a former, you know, a former WWE music maker who made it, and that's why they changed it. And I was like, oh my god, this is why we need to have it. Give give some culture to the wrestling fans, and let us keep let let Imperium get their old theme back in full. Just my personal opinion, but really. Um, I'm digging Imperium versus the Brawl and Brutes. I'm glad it's not over after Clash at the Castle. Um, I think that the people uh, did not get their full fill of it. And I really think that ultimately this has to end with Sheamus winning the Intercontinental Championship. Since he didn't do it in the UK, we got to see him do it. It's it's it, it was it was it was hyped up too much. Too much was made of it, and we got to see Sheamus eventually win that IC title. So let these two feud. For a few months, let them beat the absolute hell out of each other. Beat the Pete Dunn back into Butch. But eventually, I think we got to see an IC title win for Sheamus when this is all over. The Bloodline then introduce Solo Sokoa to the group afterwards. And uh, <laughs> Sammy's just great. <laughs> Sammy Zane. Um, the way he's dancing to the ring and just... Just so into being an honorary oos had me dying. And then he, he starts the promo off saying, uh, as a young honorary, as a young honorary oos, uh, but gets cut off by Jay, who then hypes up that their bloodline is deep. Uh, <laughs> Sammy goes, deep AF, my dog, which I honestly, I cackled. I cackled at Deep AF, my dog. I just was crying laughing because it's just like he was so... He's like a good hype man who's just such a dork. And I love it. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. Um, I was saying on on social media prior to the show, the WWE on Fox account 
posted a picture of the bloodline with Sami Zayn in, in it and saying, what's next for the bloodline? And I do feel like that's where the Survivor Series match is going to go. I could see Triple H moving away from the whole Raw versus SmackDown element of Survivor Series and go, just go into a traditional five-on-five match or traditional four-on-four match, whichever, anything. Just, just I could see, like, we could do, you know, you could get the bloodline against like Kevin Owens, Street Profits, Drew McIntyre, and I don't know, someone else. And that would be a good Survivor Series match. And then the other one will be, you know, Judgment Day versus Edge, Rey Mysterio, um, Beth Phoenix, and someone else. I don't know. You know, two other people. I don't know. You know, like I think that you could easily get there and not have to have it be Raw versus SmackDown uh, matches. Personal opinion. Uh, I just, uh, I, I, I could see, I could see um, Triple H just really like bringing back the old school vibe of Survivor Series where it's like teams rather than brand supremacy. But maybe they will still do it that way. Um, you know, just, I don't know, just my own probe. Thought I had that turned off. So no, you didn't get a notification. That was me. That was my computer. I apologize. I thought I thought I put it on silence. Okay, so eventually Solo Sokoa comes out and talks about being here to stay. And as they uh, as the group attempts to close the segment, they're doing their whole catchphrase. Uh, Drew, his music hits. Drew McIntyre comes out with a chair, looking pissed off. Uh, the bloodline scatter, but Solo stays in the ring, trying to be bold. For this, he gets hit. Before Drew can use the chair, Sammy pushes him out of the way and takes the hit instead. Takes another bullet for the bloodline, uh, sacrificing himself all over the place for these people. He's really, man, you know, you shouldn't have to sacrifice your body as much as Sammy Zayn does to become friends with someone. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. The guy's always getting his, always having to like step in for a chair shot or or whatever. So. Um, but still, this was good. Um, good introduction for Solo Sokoa, who made his first appearance at Clash at the Castle. Um, this episode in general, I kind of felt like, I kind of felt like, you know, Clash at the Castle had such a huge build because of the importance of it that you did that they did kind of have to simmer things down a little bit. No Roman Reigns, um, building up Solo Sokoa. But here's the thing. Building up Solo Sokoa is going to be is ultimately going to be good for the show, for the brand, for the bloodline, for everyone. And so I think that not just treating him as this like silent guy who's just you know related to the blood, you know, to the Usos, uh, who they don't really talk about why he did this or any or, or anything like that, would have been a bummer. I feel like that's maybe how things would have played out before. But instead, they put a big spotlight on Solo Sokoa tonight. You know, after. After this segment, it was confirmed that we're going to get Solo Sokoa versus Drew McIntyre later in the night. And I think that, you know, just that being his first match on SmackDown is big enough as it is, especially when we'll get to it um, with how, you know, how well he was able to hang in the ring with Drew. So even though this show might have felt like um, maybe not, uh, 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 you know, as hot as some of the shows leading into Clash of the Castle, I do think it was intentional because the build to other stuff was starting tonight, and they were all starting back at the ground floor. Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah versus Toxic 
attraction. I'm starting to enjoy the chemistry building between Raquel and Aaliyah. Um, I, I felt like they, they, you know, they're a little butt slapping and a little fun together, and they look like they're enjoying each other's company. They're looking more like a tag team with each appearance. Obviously, they were just kind of thrown together, but they both seem to be gelling together, and uh, I'm liking it. Uh, this is a good showing from Toxic Attraction as well, who even got a promo in the lower third area during their entrance. Uh, but then Raquel, of course, hits the Tahana Bomb for the win for her team. I'm wondering if Toxic Attraction is going to start to be more of a thing on SmackDown. Obviously, Mandy is still dual champion, so um, I don't foresee her making the jump with them until she drops those belts. But you never know. Triple H is definitely trying to incorporate, you know, the NXT history and things that are happening in NXT as part of a whole company-wide third brand thing. So, um, who knows? Maybe we'll see Mandy on SmackDown soon as well. Natalia versus Sonya versus Xia Lee versus Lacey Evans versus Ronda Rousey. The winner becomes number one contender to live Morgan's SmackDown women's title. Before I get to that, let me go to a quick commercial break, and then I'll discuss everything that happened and what my thoughts were about Ronda Rousey winning that one. All right, like I said, Fatal Five Way, where the winner becomes number one contender to Liv Morgan's SmackDown women's title. Ronda Rousey won this one, and it started with Natalia getting eliminated first after Rousey locked in the armbar on her. Lacey and Xia attempt to bring it to Ronda after that, but both get locked in submission moves by Sonya Deville and Ronda Rousey. They get eliminated, so it comes down to Sonya versus Ronda. Liv's watching on from the crowd in a box, in a suite, looking sweet with her, with the popcorn and her drink, looking real chill as she watches this match unfold. Ronda tries to hit the Piper's Pit, but Sonya counters it into a submission move. And since it's still a no DQ match, holding the ropes doesn't get her out of it. So she does a cool move where she rolls out of the ring and slams herself into the barricade to get uh, Sonya Deville off of her. Then, Ra- then Rousey brings her back into the ring, hits the Piper's Pit, locks in the angle lock, and gets the submission victory. So it's official. Rousey versus Liv Morgan is happening at Extreme Rules. And then after the break, Shayna Baszler wished Ronda luck against Liv backstage, looking bummed about her own loss. And Ronda finally gets, says to her, has a little heart-to-heart with her, and says, do you know what's better than winning? Revenge. Let me know when you're ready to break some bones and take over the show again. Something I've been talking about on this podcast, about how it feels like we're leaning, to- we're, we're, we're heading towards... Shayna and Ronda teaming together, being a unit, being a faction. But one thing I wonder is, will they be heels or will they be faces? Because Ronda is sure acting like a heel, but man, is she getting cheered for it right now. And Shayna was like the best heel in the NXT women's division for a good while during her reign as champ. Just such a dominant champ. So you'd think heel would be would make the most sense. But like I said, people are really cheering for Ronda right now, even though she's acting like a heel. So maybe they can just act like heels 
and get cheered for. I don't know. I don't know. But I really have been wondering what happens there because I do want to see that. Um, you know, Ronda and Shayna running roughshod would be sick. I've said it on here. I want to see it. I think that Shayna's even going to help Ronda beat Liv Morgan so that Liv Morgan has a little bit of an out still when she lose if she loses to to Ronda Rousey. So, um, but I do think that she scathed by that first time, and I don't know if they're going to have her scathed by again the next time she faces off against Ronda Rousey for the title at Extreme Rules. But I'm interested. I'm certainly interested. This new thing they're doing with Ronda Rousey where she's like a stone-cold anti-hero is kind of cool. I'm feeling it. Next, we had Los Lotharios and Maximum Male Models versus Hit Row and Street Profits. Masse and Mansois uh, are so ridiculous. I, I'm, I hate how much I'm loving this. Uh, the gear tonight was just ridiculous. It was hilarious. Um, I like how they tag in and out with only their index fingers, too. Nice little touch. Um, but But definitely more character and personality shown as what these characters can be in the ring um you know i think that not every match needs to be like not every character needs to be like i'm the best wrestler you know sometimes the best characters can be just characters and so you know sometimes they can just be fun and that's what Mason Mansois are right now. I'm enjoying it. I laugh at what they're doing. I'm, I'm entertained. It's it's not gonna main event WrestleMania, but right now it's it's damn fun to watch. Uh, the end we saw Top Dalla tease a dive over the top ropes, but Maxine Dupree got in his way. When that happens, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, but Hit Row eventually get the win for their team after they landed the heavy hitter. Um, this was fun. This was a fun one. Uh, I think that, you know, making Hit Row, get, get, getting some more love for Hit Row is important. Um, it built up Mason Mansoir a little more as you got to see a little bit more of what their characters can be in the ring. We got to see some uh, some action between Brandy and or Beefab and, and Maxine. So a fun match all around. Can't complain about this one. Speaking of can't complain, can't complain about Chad Gable who comes out with Otis next, tells everyone to shoosh, and says the reason they're at SmackDown is to ruin Braun Strowman's return there. Since, as you'll recall, he interfered in their match on Monday when he made his return to the promotion. Then, after healing it up uh, with the crowd for a while, Braun finally makes his entrance. He's got new music. What'd you think about it? I couldn't hear it. My my, My food from Grubhub got here, like, right as... Right as that happened, they were barking so loud, so loud. I just wanted them to stop. I just wanted them to stop so I could hear Braun Strowman's new theme music. So tell me what you thought about Braun Strowman's new theme music. Um, Otis <laughs> Otis tries to attack Braun, but Braun punches him. Gable hops out of the ring, but then comes back in, tries sneak attack, and fails. Otis fights back again, but Braun's shoulder tackles him down, then hits a powerbomb on Chad Gable with ease, but then in the moment of the night, he then pulls in Otis and does a powerbomb on Otis. He hits a powerbomb on Otis. Otis like 300 pounds. That's a, that's a power bomb. That's a, the, the power is, is, is 
emphasized in powerbomb when you're powerbombing Otis, man. Like, that looked so cool. Just the strength from Braun, who is just looking shredded right now. Just so shredded. Um, really cool. Really cool spot. I would say the match of the night uh, was probably the women's match. But I would say this was the moment of the night. That's for damn sure. An angry Drew McIntyre reflects on losing losing at Clash at the Castle after that. He says it should have been the biggest moment of his career, but it was all ruined by one person, Solo Sokoa. And tonight, Solo won't like the consequences of his own actions. Every time I hear that, I think of the <laughs> TikTok trend. That's the consequences of my own actions. Um, so... This, with this part, all I want to say is, you know, it obviously wasn't too, um, it wasn't anything crazy here. But, I will say, this is the energy that I need from Drew after a loss. That's all I really wanted to say here. He looked angry. He looked pissed off. He was not singing along with, with, uh, with Tyson Fury, looking all chipper. After the biggest loss of his career. I didn't understand that choice after Clash at the Castle. I was watching it afterwards, way after the fact, because, like you all know, if you listen to this, I was at my sister's wedding on Saturday of last weekend. Um, I didn't understand the sing-along aspect. I thought it was the you know the biggest loss of his career, and he should be really mad not singing along with Tyson Fury. I thought he was going to punch Tyson Fury. I thought that's how that was going to end, was you know to show that he's not happy and wanting to sing. But I digress. Now that we're back. Now that we're back stateside and we're back uh, in a regular-sized crowd, uh, this is the energy I need from Drew McIntyre. Um, no sing-alongs. Anger. Biggest loss of his career. And now he wants revenge. Speaking of that, that starts after the break when we get Drew McIntyre versus Solo Sokoa. Uh, Drew consistently has to deal with the bloodline and Sami Zayn throughout the match because they're ringside. At one point, uh, the Usos pull Solo out of the ring so he can't get the Claymore hit on him. Uh, they, they, there's distractions. Sami comes in. All the bells and whistles that you'd expect here. Uh, the ref eventually gets distracted at one point. The Usos maul Drew outside of the ring. So Street Profits come out to even the odds. Drew hits the Claymore on Sokoa, but he doesn't pin him. Sokoa falls out of the ring, and then when he goes to you know go get him outside of the ring, the screen turns black and white because McIntyre is attacked by Karrion Cross. He gets locked in the cross jacket out of nowhere. I really liked this shot here. It might not make it look like the most spontaneous thing, I guess, but just from like a person who produ- you know, produ- appreciates... Um, good camera work. We got that camera shot on with Dexter Loomis where it had the cool, you know, angle and it went down to show him laying under the ring. Well, similarly, I like the the artistry done here where it just switches things up, man. Just switching things up. And I like that Karrion Cross when he attacks, turns the screen black and white. I don't want his matches to be in black and white. That would get annoying. But I'm very cool with like his whole black and white aesthetic being kept across among the promos, among the entrance, and among his sneak attacks. Um, I also really like this vibe, you know, this 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 notion that that Cross wants to fix the timelines that he that he's 
um, talking about, um, you know, how he shouldn't have been released and he needs to fix the timeline and, 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 and remove the chosen ones to place himself there. Uh, very MCU-like. And as, a, and as a guy who likes the MCU, uh, I'm, I'm digging this. It's just very cinematic, I guess, is a better way of wording it. Not just Marvel. It's very cinematic. It's got a cinematic vibe to it. And that's one of the things I like about Karrion Cross. He himself, as a character... As a performer, it has cinematic vibes to what he does. I also really liked how the show, it faded out to black as this was happening. Didn't have like very, you know, like this distinct end. It just kind of like faded to black, almost like Drew McIntyre was passing out. As you could hear the commentaries, you know, still talking about what's going on. And it had a very attitude era feel with like real... We're running out of time vibes, you know, where it just felt like the show ended and you were left wanting more. You wanted to watch next week. And that's really ultimately what you want out of the show, to keep watching, to, to, to have that feeling where you want to watch next week, to see where this goes, and I want to see where this goes next week. Because like I said, um, I'm not sure there was as much to analyze in this episode as, as others uh, as of late, but... I do think that a lot of building blocks were being placed throughout. Um, you know, different things building up to where we're going to be going for extreme rules. We got Imperium versus the Brawling Brutes, which is continuing the Seamus versus Gunther feud. We got the introduction of Solo Sokoa in a good way. I mean, the fact that Solo Sokoa held his own with Drew McIntyre is pretty impressive. Yes, he was about to lose, but he didn't lose. The fact that he didn't lose in his first night to Drew McIntyre, and they're keeping that alive, says that they see potential in Solo Sokoa. So, so good stuff there. A toxic attraction, you know, something that you want to see in the future on SmackDown, even though they're on NXT. But it, but it was good. It, it built up both teams there. You know, Ronda Rousey, Liv Morgan, back into that. But also, there's that X factor now of Shayna right beside them both. And how is she going to factor in to all of this, top dollar, more with top dollar, and uh, excuse me, more with hit row and maximum male models. Braun Strowman smart to not make Braun Strowman talk. Smart to not make Braun Strowman talk yet. Save it, save it for 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 another time. Right now, everyone knows Braun Strowman is best when he is demolishing things, and we're slowly getting there. Soon we need him to break the set again, though. Break something big. That'll get that'll get the rocket ship. That'll get the rocket uh, strapped to his back, you know. Just let him tear down the set. Uh, Drew McIntyre not singing and kicking ass. And now we're we're on our way with Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre. Speaking of on our way, I'm done here. It's time for me to... I got to feed my dogs? Yeah, that's what I got to do. I got to feed my dogs right now. I was looking to see what time it is. Uh, but... I got to feed my dogs, but what I need you to do is hook it up with a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this, that's where you are, or you're on Spotify, or you're on something else, wherever you are. If you're on Spotify, you can still rate the show, so hook it up with a rating, hook it up with a review if that's an option, wherever you're listening. Uh, I read them at the top, just to show some love back to those of you who do me this solid so please hook it up with a rating or a review 
Also, make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find clips from Raw and SmackDown. That's where you can find stuff in the community tab that we're posting posting throughout the week. And that's also where you can find Out of Character with Ryan Satin on video every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the audio version. If you're just an audio listener, that went up on Wednesday. So I appreciate those of you who weren't too thrown off by it and didn't tweet me angrily wondering where the Seth Rollins and Becky interview was because it's there now. I hope you guys are enjoying it. It was a really fun conversation. Got a good one lined up for Monday too, but I can't say anything else. So shh, shush, you'll find out. Oh, I said Monday. Ah, Wednesday. I'm still in the habit of it. I got a good one coming out on Wednesday. Look at me. I'm over here trying to tell you all the day changed. And, and really, it's to drill it into my own head so that I don't forget as well. It's Wednesday. we got a good one coming up on Wednesday of next week. It's a good one, though. I guarantee you're going to want to listen to that one. It's got some interesting stuff in there. Also, make sure that you follow WWE on Fox on social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're on all of them. So make sure you follow at WWE on Fox. All right, I'll be back Monday for the Raw Roundup, not for Out of Character. Out of Character is on Wednesdays now. I'll be back on Monday for another Raw Roundup. Until then, you have a great one. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now.